questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. And what a special treat I have for you tonight. In this year's final episode, tonight's special guest is not an armchair truth seeker. He's someone who has an immense love for this planet and its people, especially those who don't have a voice, a truth and people champion. And our special guest is Max Egan from thecrowhouse.com, closing the year in La Cache. Greetings, I'm your host, Mel Fabregas at Veritas Radio. If you want to listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. And if you want to get in touch with me, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. I always love to hear from you. Max Egan is a radio talk show host, researcher, artist, musician, philosopher, free thinker, champion for the truth, and a true Renaissance man. Max is the man behind the website, thecrowhouse.com, which is filled with great information for those seeking the truth. And directly from Australia, where it's really early right now, I'd like to welcome a brother in truth, Max Egan. Hello, Max, and welcome back to Veritas. How are you? I'm very good, brother. Thank you for having me on the show again. It's lovely to come and talk to you, brother. It really is. Oh, it's always a pleasure and an honor. And by the way, it's been, I believe, three, four years. And the last time we did a show was at the end of the year. So coincidentally, we're ending the show with a bang having you here. But you know what? It's been a few years since we've had you here. I know you've been traveling a lot. You made an appearance again, which I didn't know, back in Pennsylvania at the Free Your Mind conference. Tell us about the last year. What's been happening with Max Egan? Oh, wow. It's almost too much to tell, Mel. I've been uh, traveling for 11 months straight. I went out. I've, I've sort of been around the world twice in the last 11 months. It's been ridiculous the amount of miles I've done. I've done speaking dates in uh, Mexico. I've done workshops in Hawaii, speaking dates in California, in Denmark, a few dates in the UK, workshops across Europe in Holland and Spain, um, workshops in back in the United States in L.A., been back to Peru. I thought I was going back to Peru at the end of it all to go and relax and get to my little jungle home and kick back after 11 months of travel. Got there and got invaded by microscopic flesh-eating parasites that came out of the jungle. So I hightailed it out of there back to Australia. So it's been a really colorful year. I didn't expect to find myself here for Christmas. It's cost me an arm and a leg to get here, but I just sort of needed it. I think the universe was telling me I needed to go home and recuperate after after the extensive travel that I've done. So that's kind of been been the whole thing in a nutshell. It's been a, a hell of a busy year. I'm only here in Australia for five or six weeks, and then I have to take off again for a bunch more speaking dates and workshops. And 2018 is going to be the last year that I do any traveling for a while. Actually, I'm going to get home about October 2018. I intend to stay here for at least 18 months and work on a film and sort of catch myself back up and put myself in front in that that regard, I've sort of kind of let the films and all that sort of stuff get put on the back burner for the last few years because I've been so busy with the radio shows and speaking dates and things. But I intend to come home at the end of next year and get all this stuff finished. So, yeah, very, very busy times for me, Mel. Every time we talk, we, you, you have a change of perspective. Have things gotten better worldwide with all your travels? Have they gotten worse? 
Well, look, you know, it's it's gotten worse and it's gotten better. I mean, there's always a polarization of these things. There's always uh, whatever happens bad, always there's something equal good happens, I've found. But, um, yeah, I mean, the situation globally has gotten worse. The, the police state is definitely coming online everywhere. Very, very noticeable here in Australia after being away for a year. But again, with all this, there's a, a huge wakefulness happening as well. I'm seeing a lot of people wake up. I'm seeing a lot of people at least become aware that, you know, the fact that their government is corrupt. You get these big burly police officers put them in people's faces and they can't really help but wake up. So people are seeing it. I mean, they're seeing that there's a problem, um, perhaps not fast enough. And But we do have a problem. The police state is definitely rolling out. The 5G grid, the AI system, is what is a concern you know, underneath the whole thing, underneath all of the militarization of the police and the, the wars and the posturing of, you know, the polarization, especially in the United States, the polarization there with the left and right through the whole Trump election, that was quite a, a theater show. But through it all, you know, through all these things that are happening to keep us distracted on the ground, underneath it all is this 5G, this smart system, which is rolling out underneath everything. And that is the concern. You know, the 5G grid, the 5G system that's coming online, a lot of people really aren't looking at this and aren't seeing it for what it is. They just think it's the next step up from 4G, but it's not. It's a completely different technology. The analogy I've been using, which has kind of been working with people, is to point out to them that 5G is the uh, the same as microwave cannons. It's military-grade te- technology. It's active denial systems, millimeter waves. This is the same as what they use in airport scanners. So if people are concerned about airport scanners, they need to understand that when the 5G system comes online, it'll be like we're all living permanently inside an airport scanner. That's what it's like. That's the frequencies we're going to be subject to. And this is coming out underneath everything. But not only that, not only the fact that it's it's so dangerous and it's so damaging to our biology, it's the smart grid itself, you know, which is coming out under the guise of convenience. Everybody's just lapping it up. New smartphones, new ID for this, new apps for this. You know, it just all blends together into this smart grid, the digitization of everything, the digitization of currency as well. And this is happening underneath everything under the surface and like people are just accepting it lapping it all up it's just more convenient for them to do this and the smart system is the new world order that is the new world control grid itself and uh, when you've got your smart fridge and your smart toaster and your smart tv and everything's smart everything's listening to you everything's talking to everything else it's all monitoring you monitoring every action that you do everywhere you go there was a people rest, arrested uh, in australia last year or a few months ago the police were listening to them through their refrigerator. Overheard a conversation. The guy was planning some sort of criminal activity or something, or the police heard it, listening to him through his fridge because they had a little mark against his name. Oh, this guy's a criminal. Let's let's monitor his home and see what he's up to. They got him on a conversation and charged him with it, all perfectly legal. This is where we're going, mass surveillance, and that's what the New World Order is, and that is what is happening underneath the surface. I think a lot of the reason they're making so much theatre and so many theatrics and keep us worried about North Korea, worried about this, worried about the left and right, worried about what's happening on the street in our cities is so we don't notice this whole smart grid underneath the whole thing. That's, that's the concern. So this is the destruction, basically, because, for example, yesterday I heard that in China there was a, I believe it was a BBC reporter that the country wanted out, and it only took the government seven minutes using CCTV to find him and to kick him out of the country. Exactly. Well, that's China, and that's where we're going in every every country. You know, it's probably... 
quicker in England, I'd say. You know, the surveillance they've got <laughs> right. in England wouldn't surprise me. But, um, yeah, it just shows what they can do. It just shows what they can do. And they can find everybody in seven minutes, like you say. So uh, how, how, can, how can they have all these ISIS terrorists and all this stuff? That's another thing you can look at. You know, if they can locate someone in China in seven minutes using current technology, how the hell have we got all these terrorists and all these people running around the world? How did, how did Osama bin Laden do all that stuff for years and never get caught? I mean, come on, folks. Instead of a yeah. cave-in somewhere in Afghanistan, and the, now you have ISIS with thousands of Toyota pickup trucks, that they never approach their arch enemy. Do you find that interesting, if you know what yeah, I mean? absolutely incredible. Yeah, but they, I think they need funding to get those trucks. I think you actually have to buy them somewhere online, you know. So, I mean, they could cut off funding to all these people, all this stuff. But it, just the interesting thing is that they, they claim they can't find them. We've got to go and carpet bomb Syria because we can't find the leaders. You know, we can find this guy in China in seven minutes. And China, how many people in China? And they found this one guy. Talk about a needle in a haystack, you know. So you know, how do we have to carpet bomb these cities when we know where everybody is? We can find everybody directly. Or if they've got a cell phone, then we know where they are. Even Facebook these days, face recognition, I posted some pictures of me 25, 30 years ago, uh, immediately, boom, he knew it was me. So imagine what this technology militarily can do. Exactly, exactly. And everybody's lapping it up. Everyone's doing it themselves. I mean, you know, if, imagine the effort the police used to have to go to to get details on everybody. Now they just go Facebook. It's all there. Everybody posts all their details there, all their friendships, all their contacts, all the people they hang out with, what they have for breakfast. It's all there. It's ridiculous. No wonder everybody's changing their name because if they apply for a job, they know that part of the recruitment process is to comb through the entire life of the person before it, the person is hired. The word privacy, do you see privacy being part of our vernacular in the next few years or is that gone? Well, there isn't any anymore. There is no privacy. You know, it's, it's a thing of the past. Even now, it's a thing of the past. People who think that they aren't being monitored, well, they are. You know, everything that everybody does online is monitored. And now when the, with the blockchains coming out, it's an interesting thing. I mean, blockchains are good and bad because blockchains will preserve stuff. For example, um, I uploaded a video to YouTube a month or so ago talking about the California fires and the Las Vegas shooting. YouTube flagged it for... Um, you know, a breach of copyright standards or breach of community standards, community guidelines or some rubbish. And they deleted the video. But because my YouTube account is linked to my BitChute account, the video is still there on BitChute. It's still part of the blockchain, so it's a permanent record. So this is a good thing and a bad thing. I mean, it's a good thing whereby if you upload something truthful and it gets deleted, it's still going to be preserved. But it also preserves every single thing that you do. Everything you've ever typed, everything you've ever said, even before you've edited a comment, it'll be there. All your edit history will be there. Everything is there, and it'll all be preserved on the blockchain. So it stands as a permanent record for everybody, and so it's a good thing and a bad thing. You, know, you may have lost your temper one day, said a few nasty things, whatever. You know, I often say to people, don't ever write anything down. Never put anything in print that you don't want to have read out in court one day. You know, And the blockchain will ensure that that happens. It, it makes a permanent record. And so, you know, you've got to look at the, the good side and the bad side of, of where this whole technology is going and what the blockchain can possibly do. Now, when you look at the new trade agreements and everything that's coming out with China as well, this is all going to be run by blockchain. Uh, have you looked at the One Belt, One Road uh, initiative that China is putting out? No. Uh, by the way, BitChute, 
I've never heard of it before until you mentioned it today. Okay, well, BitChute is like uh, it's like YouTube. Um, it's, um, yeah, it's a, on the website bit... right now. Wow. Yeah, well, if you if you uh, open up a BitChute um, account and then you link it to your YouTube account, every every like I don't even have to upload videos to BitChute. Every YouTube video that I upload is automatically grabbed and put on the blockchain. So if YouTube deletes it, it's still there on the BitChute blockchain. <laughs> so if, if you've got a YouTube account, it's a good thing for people to do. It's a good way to preserve your videos because then they can't be deleted because they're on the blockchain. Wow. Now, you were mentioning something else about China. I haven't heard of that. Well, yeah, the One Belt, One Road initiative is a new trade agreement that is um, is going to be launched by China soon. This is what the whole theatrics is going on between North Korea and the United States at the moment. See, China is a sleeping giant, and China is something that sort of scares a lot of people. They think of China, and it's just this big unknown. So we've got to find a way of bringing China into the fold. I mean, they want to bring in the Chinese work ethic in America. And this is, they've you know, known this for, for years. They'd like the way the Chinese do their work. It's all very regimented. And I think that it's no mistake that uh, the United States national debt owes trillions and trillions of dollars. And who does it owe it all to? It owes it to China. Could have borrowed from any other country. Could have borrowed from the World Bank. Could have borrowed from anywhere, but borrowed from China to make sure the United States ends up in debt with China. This will, you know, help bring in the Chinese work ethic into the United States. But the One Belt One Road initiative is a new Silk Road, which is happening. It's going to be a maritime road and a uh, a um, land road as well. So, and it's basically the new Silk Road, similar to the old Silk Road. And this is being launched by China as the One Belt, One Road initiative. And when you look at it, you look at the EU, you look at Brexit, how England's been pushed out of the EU. Of course, the people made the choice to leave the EU and all this sort of stuff. You look at the, the One Belt, One Road initiative, it encompasses Europe, encompasses all these countries, but it doesn't encompass the UK, doesn't encompass the United States. So it's going to squash them out of this trade agreement. But it's the whole new trade agreement that's going to come about. Now, in order for this to happen, it's going to have to uh, – the United States is going to have to be knocked off its perch as the global reserve currency. The, the new reserve currency will likely be a cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, IOTA, something, whatever they want to cook up. And it doesn't have to be bitch, Bitcoin. It could be anything that they cook up themselves. You know, We've got the world embracing cryptocurrencies now, so it's a good way to do it. But with, um, with this whole theatrics between North Korea and, and America – this is all theater. There's not going to be a war between North Korea and America. This is being done in order to bring China into the fold. You watch what will happen, and within the next year, within the next six months, it'll, it'll get to a degree that the United States and, and North Korea are facing off against each other. Everyone's scared of World War III, as if they're not already. China will step in, and it will appease the situation. It will step in. It will appease North Korea. North Korea will agree not to be so warlike if we open up trade agreements with it. And China will be awarded control of the new Silk Road and the new economic system because they've just done such a great job and saved the world from World War III. Um, for this to happen, the new Silk Road will probably be run off a, off a cryptocurrency, off a digital currency. And for that to happen, the United States will lose its position as a global reserve currency. And when that happens, when the United States loses that position, it will be the end of the United States. It'll be done in a kind of a gradual way be done in a, a way that everybody's given a lot of money. Everyone's been given a, a fair amount of money to, to pass go with, which is what this whole Bitcoin thing's about. It's about giving everybody their $200 to pass go for the new economic system that's about to come out. But it's all going to be run by China, 
and it's all going to be crypto, and the United States is going to lose its position. And that's what this whole um, war with North Korea is all about. If you look up the One Belt, One Road initiative, it's all over Google if you just search it, One Belt, One Road you'll find all the information about how they're putting all this together. I think it's very interesting, the uh, the whole Brexit thing as well, because when you look at the agreements with One Belt, One Road, it's all designed to serve Europe and the South Pacific and different regions, but it doesn't mention anything about uh, the United States. And as it mentions EU, and you see that, the, uh, that England, the UK, has been kind of squashed out of the EU, this will allow the uh, implosion of England. But, I mean, England's going to be safe. It's still going to be there. They're never going to really let England go down completely because the royal family's there. But they need to show the people what happens when you try to um, get a little bit independent, when you try to leave Europe, you try to leave the EU. Oh, look, now we've got this new trade agreement. You're, you're all blocked out. You're all locked out of it. You're going to have to pay extra money if you want to trade with us. So the cost of uh, living is going to go up. The, the standard of living is going to go down. They've imported all these migrants in there, and they're setting up little Sharia areas in London, and all the theatrics is all there. So we can have some race riots. We can have some class wars in England, reduce the population that way, get them back under control that way so the government can then come in and protect them and make them safe and bring them back into the fold of the EU. I mean, this is how it's all going to go down. You watch. I hope there's not going to be any military conflict. I'm so tired of these eternal wars. But I'm not supposed to say this, but I have a a friend here in town. And he's in the Air Force base here. And he's ready to retire after a couple of decades with the Air Force. And I'm told that he's being deployed. Uh, he was told by a third party. Uh, not sure where, but after the holidays, he's being deployed. I find that very strange. So something is in the works. Uh, now with China and this you know, Silk Road economic belt. Have you also heard of the Sesame score in China? I haven't. You can tell me about that one. Well, basically, it is like a credit score in the United States. But there, if you have social media, for example, let's say that you have a, a Facebook account, you're my friend. And me, as your friend, I post a picture of, say, Tiananmen Square. All of a sudden, my score goes down. And because you're my friend, your score goes down too. So when you're ready to get a mortgage... Your rate's going to go up. Your internet's going to be slower. Your prices are going to be higher for you. And basically, that's how they're going to maintain social conduct, by giving you that score. Things are going to be cheaper. Uh, if you go to the pharmacy and you buy some you know, fast food, your credit score goes down. What do you think about that? Yeah, interesting. That's an interesting way of programming people, isn't it? You know, right on a, on a rates uh, system whereby you get penalized if you think outside of the box. Very, very interesting. doesn't surprise me. Very interesting, though. Typical that they would come up with it in China as well. Well, the interesting thing is that they don't have to recur to violence to do that. People are going to comply, and something tells me that if it works in China, because I think China is the model. Ever since Kissinger went there, you know, in the I believe it was the 70s, and China became, quote-unquote, our partner, I think they're looking for ways to to universally make the world like China. Well, yeah, the Chinese work ethic. They love the Chinese work ethic. They all get up there and they stand in their lines and they do their little calisthenics and they're like little, little ant farms, the whole thing. Every Chinese factory worker, every every job, it's all like little ant farms. They, they want people to think that way. People in China, China do not question authority at all. And you've got to coax people into that. So how do you do it? You, know, you do it economically. Now, Americans are so used to being at the top of the food chain 
You know, once things change and this new economic road comes online, once things change to cryptocurrency. See, cryptocurrency, I mean, we all hate the fiat. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it, because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.